Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Explorers, we're playing Starfield. It's out. It's, it's out. real. It's real. It's a real thing. We actually played some. And so this episode, Dave and I, welcome to the Starfield Lorecast. This is the Starship Lorecast that we're on currently, charting our courses through the cosmos. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the show. If you've tuned into some of the pre-release episodes, those are all in the past. This is a new era where we actually get to play the game that we've been waiting for years for. And we're playing it because it's out in early access. So Dave and I are going to talk about our early... Our, our early impressions and give you kind of a I don't know I'm how many hours are you in Dave I'm in maybe four to five hours I think I'm around the same as you four to five hours okay right into so it. yeah four to five hours into the game if you're worried about spoilers then the only spoilers you're getting are things from like the first four to five hours of the game and this game is massive and there isn't really a whole lot you can do within that first four or five hours you go on a few quests if you follow the main quest line or you get to some key locations and go look around there's just so much to do. So if you're worried about spoilers, then I guess don't listen to the episode, but we're not going to spoil too much. It's really just some early stuff. So Dave, where do we start? There's so much to talk about. I think it's time that we revert back to our, um, the fir very first episode we did where we were bringing out MS paint drawings and we just, <laughs> we speculate some more. Oh, wait a second. We don't have to do that. Anymore. Oh, we don't have to do that anymore. We actually have real, real actual facts because we're actually playing the game with real lore. And man, is there a lot. So let's talk about let's just talk about the uh, potential for lore in this so far. You have uh, the magical space pieces that you find, right? That constellation right, is collecting. Yes. Um, yes. And those, you get this like vision thing and then that somehow they're connected. Maybe there's an ancient alien race involved, all of that stuff. But beyond just that, we have a very interesting cast of characters. We've already, by four or five hours in, if you follow the main quest line, you meet some of the different characters from Constellation and you even get into like uh, Fallout style dialogue trees where you can ask them personal questions about themselves. Like for example, Sarah, the lady who runs Constellation, I thought she was just going to be kind of this like serious, hard ass kind of lady. Uh, if you dig in in her little conversation tree, you find out that she opens up and she's like, oh, yeah, I used to play in a band. I play drums. Did you That's find that? Funny. Dave? I did. I didn't. I haven't like I haven't really asked anybody anything because so one of the one of the things that I took was the adoring fan. Yeah, I, I grabbed that one, too. Yes. Yeah. And so, like, whenever I get back on the ship, it's like, oh, here he is. I've been talking about you in my <laughs> I haven't, speaker book. I haven't run into him yet. Oh, you haven't run into him yet? No. Oh, let me Somehow I missed him. I don't know. It, it's 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 hilarious. Anytime I anytime I land the starship, he's like, you did a great job landing the starship. By God, this is the best landing I've ever seen. That's amazing. That's great. I can't yeah. wait to run into him. I, I'm, I'm, I think maybe I fast traveled through some of the spots in like, I don't know, New Atlantis, I'm guessing is where you run into him. Uh, yeah, I think I ran into a new Atlantis. Yeah. yeah. So I, I kind of fast traveled like back and forth because I was figuring that stuff out at that point. And then I was right. just doing the main quest and then I just got back on my ship and left. So I probably just passed by where he would have been if I just walked somewhere. Uh, right. But that didn't happen. Um, but yeah, so beyond the characters and, and things, there are uh, books you can find. There's lots of books that you can just open up and read passages. Everything from like 
uh, fictional novels to Origin of the Species by Charles Darwin to like a whole bunch of different things you can run into. There are terminals like so don't don't skip out on the terminals. If you're interested in the lore, don't skip out on the terminals. There's a space station that you're in early in the game and there are is a specific terminal with like six or seven different entries in it and it details uh, a alien species, not an intelligent alien species, but this organization that is doing testing on alien species in order to use them and weaponize them. And there's some details about a creature that is extremely violent that gets out. And yes, so and there's th- a lot of environmental details as well that, that yeah. kind of like pair with that. Like you can see where it broke out and where it's attacked people. And like you can like once you start piecing this, like if you're not looking for it, you wouldn't necessarily see it. But once you kind of catch on, it's cool to see those details kind of like drawn into that. Yeah. Yeah. Where the dead bodies are and uh, some of the conflict that happened in the room. So a lot of that stuff that we learn to expect from Bethesda, you know, like uh, environmental storytelling, along with like little bits of notes and things that help you piece together what happened. But I have a feeling that that creature is going to be the death claw of the series and we're going to run across it in other places. That's my guess so far. Um, but we don't know yet because we haven't played that far into it. Uh, so lots of density of lore and information. Um, and let's just let's just go down a list, Dave. We'll just go back and forth and share some of the things that really stand out to us. What's something that really stood out to you? I think that the, since they're trying to sell this new universe, um, if you follow kind of the first like main side quest, which is um, Vanguard, it takes you down to this like orientation situation mm-hmm. where you are like going through a museum. And it's funny because like, you know, living near DC for most of my life and Bethesda being near DC, it's, it is, these people have been to many a museum and you can tell from the way it's designed. It's, it's a lot like um, a lot of the museums in DC um, you go and you effectively learn the history of like Starfield from 2150 on. Uh, I think it's a really interesting way of kind of, uh, it, it's better than the Museum of History from Fallout 3, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, because that only the, has like a few things left in it. <laughs> right. The, the, sto- the story that they're telling and kind of like setting the foundation and rules of like, these are the bad guys, the, like giving you basic oh what's house of varun here's what they are oh what's um you know, free star collective here's what they are but then you can kind of pick up a little bit on the propaganda that they're kind of doing like it's, it's mm-hmm. light it's not heavy it's not overt fallout is like constantly overt like everything is turned up to 11 when it comes to you know if, if it's satire or if it's like you know filling into a certain faction like everything's kind of turned up this one's a little more subtle i think uh in some of the propaganda but in I a lot of that, ways, I think it's more subtle and I'll, I'll add on to that in a minute, but keep going. I think that that section, I felt a little lost. I, I thought in like what I was supposed to do, who I was of like, okay, like I understand from, you know, doing this podcast, what the different factions are. But as far as like grounding myself in, in the universe of like, here's what's going on, like having the game kind of like almost refresh me and explain that to me, like in a, you know, a little condensed format that felt like I was actually doing something I thought was a really nice introduction to me. That's when the game kind of like started to unfold for me. Interesting. Yeah. So you you mentioned uh, the subtlety of things. I was streaming the game before we did the podcast Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, Rob, one of our friends uh, who jumps in on some of the patron episodes and all that. Oh, by the way, patron Patreon is we now have Starfield Lorecast Patreon. So if you are interested in supporting the show and getting like T-shirts and stickers and ad free episodes, all sorts of stuff, patreon.com slash Starfield Lorecast. But um Back to my point, Rob was asking about uh, how similar it feels to Fallout. And my answer to him was that Fallout's world tends to swing really hard in two directions, either wasteland, desperation, humanity falling apart, everything's terrible or wacky, zany silliness. It, go, it swings way one way and then it swings way back the other way. And it's a and it's a. The harshness of that is part of the enjoyment of it, right? Like you go from one moment, like these people are living terrible lives and and the world sucks to, oh, this is a hilarious thing that, 
you know, reminds us of the old world and, you know, comic books or whatever. Right. You go back and forth. Whereas this game feels much more uh, subtle. It feels very much more in the middle so far. I'm sure there's some wacky, zany, funny things like like the adoring fan and a bunch of other things we haven't discovered yet. And I'm sure there's terrible situations that you get in with different locations being more desperate than others. But the spectrum feels more filled in in the middle. Like there's a lot more of that. Just this feels like a real place and a real thing. And like this very well could be the future of our own world. And that's I mean, it's it's kind of a warning because Earth is not doing good. Everybody had to evacuate the planet. We were speculating about that. It is a dust ball. And there's desert and then there's frozen regions and even the continents aren't even shaped like they used to be anymore. I was trying to go around the planet and look at it and everything's different. And so clearly humanity has moved on from there. So I thought some of that stuff was really cool. Yeah, the storytelling that they're telling and it seems like like if we're talking about divergence of storyline right now, it seems like that 2150 seems to be the divergent part where they discovered that there's that. There's like a giant magnetic storm from the poles, the, you know, like any disaster movie that happens since like what two two thousand. It's like oh, it's the magnetic shifting of the poles, and now Godzilla is going to attack us. Um, <laughs> that that concept it summons kind of, the kaiju from underneath the ocean. Yeah, right. And then there's a secret underground world where King Kong fights Godzilla. Um, <laughs> that plotline mm-hmm. I think makes sense, and but they don't linger on it too long, which I think is good because like you can then they're just retreading ground of like hey you know the destruction of earth they're more talking about okay we all got together and we decided we're gonna fly ships at earth and right. we're all gonna live in the stars right so i i think it's i'm glad that they kind of were like this is a thing that happened you can go see it but that's not like a, a main attraction i guess it's like a nice little roadside stop like a pit stop yeah. it's pretty much the buckies of um of the planets like you go everybody knows it's there <laughs> you go it's large it's kind of filled with dust and you move on <laughs> and you move on also don't write us and be like hey you guys said there's a hidden world underneath earth and there's kaiju in this game that's not really there it was a joke <laughs> like <laughs> inevitably when you do a show like this somebody will take something like that seriously and they'll be like well actually that's not actually in the game i don't know what they're talking about and it's like no, it was a joke um so what what other things like from the gameplay aspect to the performance of the game to the some of the other places you've been what else really stands out to you to me i think there is like an unlimited number of systems in this game that i don't even i I have no like concept of of just like looking through menus of different stuff like there's a lot of like weapons workbenches research workbenches that kind of stuff but like shipbuilding and yeah i just i just learned how to like a dock with another ship yeah like that was that was like a thing that i could now do of like how to do that i think that that's super interesting but i also like i don't fully understand the scope like the intended scope and the intended way to necessarily play the game i thought i was going to be a little more stealthy turns out i'm like whatever weapon i have what kind of frag grenade i have i'm going to use because guess what this game doesn't have that so i'm just you're just shooting stuff just just trying to shoot stuff and trying to stay alive for the most part i'm just like gobbling up every single bit of food i have i'm just like a little <laughs> trash can see i thought i was gonna make the trash can of ships but really i'm just the trash can of humans and i'm just <laughs> gobbling up and consuming everything in my path yeah i found a um uh, a cheesesteak a really square looking little cheesesteak sandwich and I was like, this is amazing. This is awesome. This little cheese and five health. Nope, nope. Just eat it up. Um, yeah. So it's got that same kind of quality as Fallout with like all the loot everywhere. But then, you know, you can just eat lots of things in order to get your health back. Skyrim does the same thing. Um, right. But uh, this is a novel thing that the first time they've done is you hit in, on keyboard land. I'm playing on PC. You're playing on Xbox. Xbox. Yeah. OK, so. In keyboard land, you hit the F button and you get your little scanner out as you're walking around. And all of a sudden, every item that you can interact with in the room is outlined and highlighted. And it doesn't take too long. I mean, a few hours now for your brain to just kind of sort through like, okay, that's just garbage stuff. That's cups. That's garbage. Oh, this is food over here. Oh, this is a container because it's shaped like a container. Oh, this is a body I didn't notice underneath this table over here. You know, and so 
that allows you to pick things out in the environment faster. And Mm -hmm. that it was uh, everybody loves the aspect of Fallout where you're just kind of like going around and collecting all the junk you can possibly get. Right. But that is a very tedious thing to do. And of course, you always end up over encumbered and all of that. In this game, you have a limited amount of carry capacity and you don't necessarily, at least it seems to me right now, you don't necessarily need to pick up everything. It's more about picking up the things you're looking for. And I have a feeling that ties into the crafting system too at some point because certain things are better for crafting, but they seem to be very, uh, very specific. It's not like, oh, you pick up all the plastic stuff and now you get plastic out of it the way Fallout worked. It's more like you're looking for this specific uh, chemical or this specific type of material. And it's just those are the things that you're picking out in the environment or or weapons and gear or food and health packs and you know, med kits or whatever they're called. Um, so that I found uh, a little it took a little bit of time to get used to, but it also made a lot more sense once I was working my way through like combat, right? Like you kill a bunch of people in a room and then you just scan through the room and you find all the bodies again real easy and you find anything I, else you want to pick up. I love that. I think that that's a great feature because like how many times have we lost a body playing any of these Bethesda games, you know? Yeah, yeah. Speaking about combat, um, there. how do you feel about it? I feel like the shooting feels really solid. Uh, if anything, I'm, I specced into melee weapons. I went Ronin with my character. Mm-hmm. And that Ronin, gives you yeah. a melee, like level one melee bonus. Uh, and swinging the axe feels really slow, but it makes sense because it's like the heavier of the two weapons I've come across for melee so far. A shiv and an axe, I think. Um, I've really enjoyed, I'm, I'm trying to do laser weapons. That's kind of like what I'm what I'm focusing on because I don't nec- I, I never like ballistics in a game. I never like them. I've never liked them in any game. I'm, I'm like, give me something else other than ballistics. So I'm using laser guns. And honestly, I think that's like not laser guns, but guns in general is the way to play the game because like the amount of like cover, like I am covering the whole time. And this is not like, you know, Call of Duty or like uh, the division or anything like that where you're like all based around cover. But like I can like peek out from a corner and get that cover when I'm being shot at by a bunch of energy shots from these characters. And I'm able to get some of that so that I don't take as much damage and I can kind of peek out and hit people with a few headshots so you're that, you're so. picking them off from a distance where i'm like i my main operation in combat so far has been running up with a shotgun blasting them in the face and then hacking them to death if they've got any more like because it takes a little while to reload the shotgun uh so i'm like i'm brawling right up close with everybody i'm just like beating everybody down real close up the shotgun is my last resort because i've run out of ammunition pretty fast just because i'm just i'm i'm spray and pray pretty much the whole way through because i'm not very good at shooting things in a game um so that that's typically what i've been doing because i just run out of ammo as i said i consume and <laughs> and digest everything with a high metabolism i mean whatever you got yeah. i'm pretty much the yeah. junk jet of this game nice <laughs> that's your character's name junk jet right and to to a point where i I collect so much stuff. I get back on my ship and I feel like that I'm letting my belt out or something like that because (laughs) there's no cargo on my ship right now. There's no hold or anything. I just drop everything on top of everyone. (laughs) So you just got like like, a big messy room in the middle of your ship. There's like 20 guns just kind of like chilling. I didn't even think about doing that. Just using the ship as like physical storage rather than menu storage. All these like briefcases of like the suits that I've collected from all the decks. I'm picking up everyone's guns. Anyone I kill, I'm, I'm getting their guns because i'm like oh gotta get those credits you know yeah yeah <laughs> so just like to ever get back in the ship and i'm like all right unbuckle the belt Blah. And just kind of like sprays out, out for everyone yeah. yes vasco walks by and just kicks everything out of the way as Pretty he walks much. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> that's then, amazing every time i do that my adoring fans are like you're the best <laughs> Thanks, man. You're you're the hoarder of Starfield. Starfield hoarder. Yeah, it's a common it's a common Bethesda tendency with these games. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. Especially where I where I've kind of like locked in. It's like I'm gonna be like stealing everything. Like that's pretty much my my mo: stealing and selling. Because normally I do like a stealth like build, but I'm like this time I'm gonna like I'm really gonna focus on on making money and stealing and being like very like I'm here to make money kind of character. Interesting. I feel like I'm going more the brawler direction. Mm-hmm. And even Which though it's an interesting way to take it. Yeah, I spec into stealth because it comes with Ronin. But 
it hasn't been I mean just like in any of these games it, it goes from being like super ineffective because everybody spots you really quickly to all of a sudden you're like just invisible all the time right like and you're one shot people there's yep. like a big old ramp up to that uh, so so right. far when I try to sneak most of the time I, it doesn't really succeed very much uh, but who knows maybe maybe I'll get better gear and that'll kind of improve as time goes by um, but so <laughs> let's talk about our characters sure uh, there was some joking very early on. This was like two years ago and like the, some of the first episodes we did of the show about uh, naming our characters Jonesy. Do you remember this? I do remember that. Yeah, because we were going to. Um, yeah, we were going to name it after the guy, the uh, leaked images of the Starfield <laughs> man that we decided the name was Jonesy. I think Toon was there for that. Toon was there. Yeah, yeah. So my character's name is Jonesy. He's Jonesy the Ronin. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because I normally any any pirate character I name I name him Davy Jones because it's my name and it's actually technically my mother's maiden name uh, oh, wow. Jones so I'm always like oh yeah Davy Jones for the pirate character's name so uh, he is I thought about doing Davy Jones but then everybody would be like hello Mr Davy Jones hello Davy Jones how are you so I just decided on Davy because that's just an easier name for it's like when i name my pokemon characters like the main character my dude and they're like hello my dude how are you doing today yeah oh did you get a good trade my dude <laughs> good job my dude cool yes and if i have a rival i name him chip dip oh that's that's good that's good um so yeah so i went i went jonesy i made him look kind of like myself uh, and then he's he got the Ronin thing. Uh, what perks did you get? Not perks. What uh, tra traits? I don't remember what titles. Like, for example, yeah. I took Adoring Fan was one of them. We both took that. I also took mm -hmm. Freestar and Universalist because um, I want to be able to get extra quest lines for at least one of those factions. And you can only pick one of them. And then uh, Universalist, there's two. There's what? Universalist and um, starts with an E. The two different religious ones other than the serpent which gives yes. you like a stash box in that enlightened, location I believe. enlightened that's it yes. um and so i did that but i haven't gone taken a look at the stash box yet so uh, those felt like things that give you access to things that you definitely could miss out on if you didn't pick them so that's why I have you gotten any like dialogue options around enlightened or uh free star so free star yeah. Oh, yeah so uh at some point in the main quest line you meet sam co who we've talked about on the show and because he's from the free star collective originally that gives you opportunities in dialogue with him to say certain things and okay so he, he says things like you say something like yeah it'd be good to go back to you know the old stomping grounds or whatever and he's like oh another free star yeah blah blah any kind of connects with you over it which is pretty cool so the traits that i took were adoring fan and i did um the child at heart which is the getting the parents uh-huh um where mm -hmm. i give two percent of my income to my parents um yeah for everything and i did um the wanted where I am constantly hunted by mercenaries and I but I do extra damage when my health is low, which has actually been really helpful because my health is low a lot of the time. So, yeah. <laughs> and so far, no mercenaries have shown up, but I really like the idea of like I'm doing something really important and then just like a bunch of mercenaries warp in and I'm like, God dang it. What is going on? <laughs> That's great. And there's some uh, perks on some of the weapons that allow you to do more damage as your health gets lower. Also, I wonder if those two there's things stack. Yeah, there's probably a bloody build somewhere in there for for people who are doing that. But I will say that the the this child at heart, uh, I think I think I'm miscalling it, the one with the parents. Um, I just had a a situation where that was really hilarious, like very uh, very self-referential of like when you go to the DMV in Fallout 76. So like when you first get to the the planet, you you meet them and you're like, oh yeah, hello, you know how are you doing mom dad and they're like oh blah 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 and they tell you these like inscrutable stories about their retirement and they're like oh i, I packed you a lunch and here's your backpack i fixed it up for you and then like you go and do this mission where you're like like it's one of the it's one of the main quests it's for the first kind of artifact where you go and do that mission and the moment you get back you open the door to the constellation and there's your parents 
<laughs> we just wanted to come see your work. That's great. We just wanted to come see where you what you were doing. You know how's how's life going? We were so happy for you. I'm like, oh my god, this is like real life. Mom and Dad, these are these are my my friends, uh, my coworkers. You know, these are my coworkers and my friends. Please, uh, can we just uh, get? I'll, I'll we'll go get dinner later. Just uh, thanks. Bye. <laughs> I, I, so far that has been the adoring fan has been like kind of what I expected but the parents especially when they showed up at my work I was like okay all right I see what Bethesda is doing here that's amazing because my assumption was that they would all just they would just stay in their home and you have to go visit them and maybe you get some like mail from them or something right but uh, I'm half expecting them to be like kidnapped at some point or like like so- something happened to them like they're like we just wanted to come see what you're doing with a bunch of these space pirates <laughs> your dad is like in debt to the Crimson Raiders for like gambling something debts like or that. something and then you have to right. like help them out oh man that'd be great that'd be great so okay so uh, what what was the background you chose I did um uh, I did Cyber Runner because I wanted to focus on having that pickpocket stuff kind of like right there because that was that was kind of my idea was that I was going to steal everything. I was debating between that and Scoundrel, but Scoundrel, I was like, I'm already going to like, I'm either going to pick the like starting skills for the Cyber Runner and then get the Scoundrel skills like pretty much immediately in the first few levels, which is exactly what I did. Um so I started with the cyber runner because I think it was pickpocketing, stealth, and security, um, which the lockpicking minigame is was a really fresh take on it, I think. It's really fun puzzle to do. Yeah, I, I liked it too. For anybody who hasn't seen the lockpicking game, it's like concentric circles with gaps, and then you have to choose a series of keys that fill in the gaps and then remove the circles and if you do it in the wrong order you don't end up picking the lock so you can't just pick any one of those circles on the on the harder locks that any of them that fit you have to think ahead and go okay if i put this here and i put this other one here everything fits all the way down to the smallest concentric circle and the lock will open so it's uh it's a it's a unique take on the lock picking mechanism um it's uh, we haven't seen something like this in a Bethesda game before. The the thing I'm I'm kind of picking up on it is this main quest is meant to much like uh, I'm thinking about like the Rockstar games like Grand Theft Auto or Red Dead Redemption. It's trying to show you off the systems of the game. Like it's really trying to to do a slow burn on that as opposed to I'm thinking of the opening of um, Fallout 4 where it's like escape the vault, scavenge the town, do a big fight at the, you know, the Minutemen complex. Then you're learning about crafting things. You're using power armor. You're like, you're doing everything in this, like really like, um, I guess like secure first two hours of that game where you pretty much know all the systems after that. The main quest seems to be attached to a lot of the like knowledge that you'll need to go out and do stuff in the world yeah, which I makes sense say. and it, it's actually a lot of people have said it's kind of backwards whereas a lot of people will play a bethesda game and do everything other than the main quest and then at some point come back and do the main quest that this game you should actually flip that because of the the things that you learn by going through the main quest and some of the other things that you unlock but then also the fact that the new game plus aspect of it which hasn't been spoiled for me yet so i don't know exactly what that means but the idea is you get through the main quest and then it's almost like everything else is even more opened up in some way and you can go do whatever you want and then just play the game forever it feels like so so it's it's cool it's it's a different take on it which i appreciate Right. To, to me, like, and doing and doing the lore cast and what we have, like, I'm glad that we're really just doing, like, September as a month of impressions of, like, us playing through the game and then in, in October kind of, like, getting with it and, and coming up with some good lore episodes because there's a lot to dig into and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to overconsume it. You know, I don't want to sit down and just, like, ah, I'm chomp, 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 and let everything just, like, like fill me up in the matter of a week or two. Like this is a game that it seems like I'm going to be playing for probably years yeah. of just going through, which is the same for yeah. every single Bethesda game that I've ever played. Yeah. That's a good point. So tell you, tell you what, why don't we take the mid break and we're going to, we got a new review. We can talk about some of the new episodes coming up, the Patreon, and then we'll come back and we'll finish on our impressions of the game. So don't go anywhere. Save big on your Memorial day barbecue all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, that's enough of that song. Hey, we're in the middle of the show. Uh, so let's first, uh, we've got a new review that came in. And by the way, thank you for everybody who has been reviewing the show. This is the highest ranking Starfield podcast out there. Like we hit seventh place this last week for video game podcasts on Apple Apple Podcasts. So that's crazy. We're currently like at 17th right now. So thank you to everyone who's tuning in, everyone who's rating the show. All of that stuff helps. And we got a uh, a new one that came in. I actually think I don't know if we did we talk about this one. Leedsy 73 uh, from Great Britain who writes great listening, good chemistry, fun personalities, and the chat flows well. It's a great listen. Simple and, and nice. Thanks for that. Yeah. And then. We have another one from the United States. This one comes from A9 Dude, who writes, Seriously great podcast. I stumbled across the Fallout Lorecast back in July, and with the coming release of Starfield, I thought it would be cool if there was a Starfield Lorecast. Sure enough, Tom had it locked down, and I couldn't be more stoked. I've binged all of the episodes and love hearing all the wild speculations and space facts, especially from the 2023 perspective, LOL. I can't wait for for the release for all the lore to come from Tom and Dave. Keep up the great work. Uh, so thank you, A9 Dude, for that. And as with any of these, if you leave us a five-star rating, we'll read it out on a future episode of the show so you can get your words on the show. Also, other fun ways that you can be involved with the podcast now that the game is actually out. We've launched the Patreon and it's very similar to the other Patreons that we do for the following Lorecast or the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, you can get ad-free episodes. The, the first tier gives you ad-free episodes. It gives you um, here. I'll just I'll read what it says. Support the show and get ad-free episodes. Episodes released one day early, so early access to episodes uh, and uh, access to the wacky early episodes before the game launched where we made all sorts of crazy predictions. So what that means is for right now, we still have the first 20 episodes. The pre-release episodes are still up and available for everybody. So if you want to, if you're tuning into this episode first and you want to go back and listen to all of those, they're all available still on whatever audio platform you listen on. But in a, maybe by the end of the month or so, those are going to get moved onto the Patreon and kind of out of the way because people who have been playing the game they're fun, but they're kind of a bonus thing. We want to focus on the lore and the way the game actually works now that it's out. So we don't want that to be confusing in the feed. But if you still want to access those 20 episodes, you can do so by signing up on the Patreon and you get access to all 20 of them. So that's for, for everyone. That's the Explorer tier. And then we have the Captain tier where you get a sticker every three months that you maintain your membership. And these are very specific designs that I actually did. And I think they look really cool. And um, I think they are cool. Yeah, we got like a sandwich, a warning about a sandwich pirate one. We've got like two different like visit Neon City uh, and that kind of thing going on. And one that's just kind of a general Starfield Lorecast logo, but stickers and you can put them on your, you know, wherever you want on your laptop cover or, you know, find some creative way to, to display them. Then if you sign up at the space pirate level, this one is particularly fun because not only do you get all the other stuff except for the stickers instead of stickers you get t-shirts every three months with those same designs and then we're going to be doing end of the month patron episodes where our space pirate tier and higher get to join us just like on the fallout lorecast and the elder scrolls lorecast so those episodes once a month the last monday of every month will be that at around 9 p.m eastern 6 p.m pacific probably and uh you guys can all join us and we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about you get to choose the topic for that specific episode every month and then we have the space lord tier this is the highest tier and uh you get a uh, shout out on every episode because you're extra special and, and really support the show a ton so thank you to uh everyone who's considering doing that go to patreon.com slash starfield lorecast to check all of that out and um we can't wait to uh give you some cool stuff and and give you things for helping to support us 
Uh, let's see, Dave, did we have anything else? Oh, we've got the, the new episodes coming up this, this month. So this is the plan mm-hmm. with the show. There's an issue with doing a lore podcast when the game actually comes out, as opposed to a lore podcast about games that have been out for years. And that's spoiling things. So in order not to spoil too much, the next set of episodes for the next few weeks through the rest of this month will be first impression and very specific to early parts of the game. And we will be having special guests join us to share their impressions and go over the things that they've been doing in the game, the cool stuff that they've been doing, all the, you know, all the fun, wacky things. So, for example, Ken from Chad of 76 podcast is joining us. Dave and Ken and I used to do the Starfield Hub which, or I'm sorry, the, the Fallout the hub, hub. The Starfield the Hub. The Starfield Elder Hub. Yeah, there you go. The uh, the Fallout Hub podcast. So it'll be like a reunion for us. Uh, we've got Zero Period Productions joining us, uh, Blink Blink Games, and a few more that might be ending up uh, joining on some of those episodes or getting their own, their own episodes later on. So... This will be a lot of fun for the next month. And then we'll start digging more into very lore specific episodes once everybody's had like a month of time to really dive into the game and, you know, choose if they want to spoil certain things or not or, you know, how interested they are in that that kind of thing. So that's the plan for stuff coming up. Um, I just punched the desk (laughs) and shook the, the camera. Dave, anything else we want to talk about before we go back to our first impressions? Nope, Dave's good. All right, let's head back to our first impressions. Here we go. All right, we're back. I need to change that so that it fades out when I hit the button again. I thought I set that up, but I guess I didn't. Um, I like the immediate back into it. Because <laughs> the immediate, like, the de- boom, like we need done. a DJ scratch or something instead of. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, So also, I forgot to mention this. We are streaming this live currently on a Friday. Normally, we do this on Thursdays at 3.30 p.m. Um, I don't know, Dave, if maybe we'll change it to Mondays at some point. We have the patron chats on Mondays. I think that's going to work out for both of us. We'll we'll see. We'll We'll figure it out. Um, If it's on different days, that's not really not a huge issue. But you're welcome to join us at twitch.tv slash robots radio or check out the these episodes where you can see our beautiful faces over on the robots radio YouTube channel. So you can just search Starfield Lorecast on YouTube. That'll come right up. Um, Also, Dave, I've been creating uh, character build guides like role play build guides i put one up mm-hmm. yesterday about how to build out han solo in starfield so like which perks to pick and traits and all of that in order to play as han solo and that's part that's of the awful. fun of these bethesda games is you don't have to min max in order to be like this is an elden ring right like you, you right. don't need to get good to just beat the characters you come across in the world um you want to pick certain things and, and be smart about it but you don't have to right. super min max it so yeah so if you want a really fun alternate kind of playthrough i'll be putting up all a number of different builds that i think you guys might enjoy so all of that stuff at uh the robots radio youtube channel so dave let's talk about our first impressions some more we haven't spoken too much about piloting the ship and space travel how do you feel about that so i i am big into a number of different um, piloting ships and shooting at things in space games. Um, going back to, I mean, one of my my first games was um, Star Fox, like that original yeah. NES game. Like that that stuff is is super in it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I really like the combat itself. The once you're in it and you're in combat and you're like moving around and you're changing your different energy levels based on what you need, like you're moving stuff from your grab drive into, you know, your other drives or you come out, you expect to be going into a situation and that changes and then you're having to to switch through it, um, you know, increasing your engine speed, like doing those sharp turns. I, I really like the amount of of control that you have. I'm curious about customization and what weapons you can add to your ship and what things you can do i haven't gotten into that yet because i'm just i'm just trying to get enough credits to do to to get a little dangerous get a little dangerous out there in space but um so far i've been enjoying (laughs) that combat how about you uh yeah it's i mean the whole energy 
distribution thing, we talked about this on one of the early episodes, is very similar to like an expanded X-Wing and TIE Fighter kind of thing where mm-hmm. you've got different amounts or FTL. FTL is kind of similar. You've got like the different bars so you can put more bars in laser weapons or ballistics or missiles or engine right. or shields or grav drive. So like you were saying, sometimes you need to change it on the fly. And so that makes combat a little bit more interesting. Like, oh, crap, I need more shields. So I got to reduce my engines or or whatever. Just try to balance that stuff out. Um, and then the shooting is interesting because like the laser weapons take down shields faster, but then ballistic weapons work better against the hull. Uh, missiles are kind of seem pretty good for whatever. So far, I haven't really dug into missiles too much. Um, but so far, you know, you're fighting at least what I've done playing through the main storyline is up against the kinds of, I don't know, enemies that you're supposed to hit at that level. So I haven't really explored and got to the point where like I'm level 10 and I just ran into a level 15. Holy crap. Got to get out of here. Like, I'm sure that'll happen at some point. So that's exciting. I hit a I hit a fun um, kind of battle just in the there's a training simulator that you get into um, for the vanguard of, of here's how you pilot. And there's like, you can get it to a certain point and pass the test. And then you can keep on going like past that to get the high score or whatever. And so in those, I was like, oh, you're just given like a standard ship with the layout. And I got to a point where I was like, Oh no, this is tough. This is, I'm like really like changing over systems and add more things to this or that and trying to like balance all that out while I'm trying to track down this bigger ship and these smaller ships that are constantly flying at me. Like there's a lot of juggling that um, it seems like will happen later on outside of that training simulator. I haven't run into anything like that yet, but I'm assuming that, you know, I'm going to be a circus performer when it comes to these piloting, like the piloting of the ships <laughs> yeah. and everything, like juggling all around. Yeah, I, ha- I didn't even try the simulator. I haven't done any of that stuff yet, so mm-hmm. I'll have to I'll have to go try that part. Um, but the here's another thing I really appreciate. And this was one of those points of contention, I guess we can say, is when people found out that you don't actually land the ship yourself on a planet or pilot it up from the ground into space. Um, and one of the one of the explanations that I gave for that at the time is that it streamlines the experience. I mean, this isn't Star Citizen. This is a, R- a Bethesda RPG where you want to get to that next point of interest and do the thing that you want to do. And sometimes you want to go explore, but most of the time you want to just get from one place to another. And I mean, think about how many people will play Fallout or Skyrim or whatever, and they just, once they open up a location, they just fast travel back and forth. They don't actually walk across the map. Um, I think that's the vast majority. In fact, it's novel when people are like, oh, I'm doing a non fast travel playthrough. Like that's a novelty kind of thing. So stats show that people just want to get to the thing. And I appreciate that when you get to a location and it's like, okay, we'll just land the ship. And it's like, boop, we landed the ship. Now, even in the cockpit, you can either get out of the chair and walk through the ship and get out, or you can just exit the ship and it just loads you outside the ship. That stuff is so convenient. And in fact, it's, it's even more convenient than that because you can open up the quest in your in your menu just for the quest. You don't have to go into the star map and you can just say a route to this point travel and you just goes boop and just loads from your menu screen. So you can do as much or as little as that as you actually want. Um, and, and that doesn't bother me at all. Uh, another point of contention was when when you just pick a place on a planet and land that people were upset that you couldn't just walk off into the distance and just eventually walk around the entire planet, that that zone has these artificial boundaries. And once you hit those boundaries, you have to get back in your ship, fly somewhere else and then land again. But the boundaries are the size of a four by four grid of Skyrim. So it's gigantic. And again, why like other than just for the case of just wondering what it would be like and the novelty of it and just doing one of those videos where you do something ridiculous and get a lot of views for it. I can't see a reason to have wanted to just keep traveling in a direction unendingly. Right. I, I think that I think the implementation of landing on landing on the planets is, is nice. Like I I often like you don't play you don't play any i don't play any space game let me just speak for myself i don't play any space game where i am landing on a planet and expecting to walk all the way around like the circumference of the planet unless i'm just there to say that i did it right you know right it's like a one-time thing 
Right. Yeah. Like I'm like, never doing that. I'm landing my ship and then I'm going out from the ship as a point of origin to go and do different things across the planet. I mean, I th- like, I'm pretty sure that's how everyone plays No Man's Sky, even though I, theoretically yeah. you could probably just keep wandering and going and going. Right. That's not what you do. <laughs> you, go, you go a certain distance from your ship and then eventually you're like, oh, crap, I got to get back to my ship anyway because I've got to bring this stuff back with me or whatever. Or I need to travel to right. another location and then you just head back to the ship and you take off. Right. I, I do think. Uh, and this is not like talking about the shit, but I do think the menus are a little clunky. I don't know what it is for me. Like the, the menus just seem a little like, oh, what's this? What's this? And maybe that's just like four or five hours into it. I'm I'm not like 100% like yeah. cool with everything. And I'm so used to like the Pip-Boy has been the same forever. Um, you know, Skyrim's menu took a while for me to get used to with the like, oh, you got to look up certain ways to get to certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm glad that the favorites are still there to like favorite items and, and, you know, put like your med packs and stuff in there. But, um, the, la- the actual landing I'm, I'm perfectly fine with. I only had one mishap with landing where I tried to land in uh, new Atlantis for the first time and I accidentally selected. I just thought I was selecting new Atlantis for landing zone, but I actually chose somewhere that's like outside of new, new Atlantis. <laughs> okay. So I like land in a field and I like get out of my ship and I'm like, this doesn't look like new Atlantis. And then I see it off in the distance. I see it like right on the edge of my, I'm like, do I want to walk there or do I want to just get back in the ship and try this again? I'm like, I guess I'll get back in the ship and try this again. So I to walk back to the ship, get in it, take off and then land again. I can see how that could be frustrating, but that's also kind of awesome that that can happen. You know, yeah. <laughs> and like you just see it in the distance and you could walk over there if you wanted to or you just fly. I'm, again. Like, uh, um, I'm good. I don't need I don't need that. Yeah. As for the menu system. Yeah, it's it is a different menu. I'm starting to get acclimated after about four or five hours. Um, I'm starting to kind of just get where everything is now. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff to see. I think that's part of the complexity of it. It's just got more stuff than other right. games. Um, and. Uh, I, I do like the favoriting thing. I do like the way everything's like in your inventory is set up into subcategories. That's pretty easy to navigate. The only thing I would recommend is when you pick up a book or something that you need to read that you can. Yeah. Well, two things. When you're picking up items, being able to just read the read the book and then put it back down, and not necessarily have to pick it up and then find it in your inventory would be nice. Although you can you can read it when you pick it up. It just goes in your inventory. So. That's kind of eh, that could be a little bit streamlined, right? And then um, the uh, there was another issue, but it just slipped out of my brain, so it must not be that important. Um, <laughs> but uh, really, not a whole lot of issues with the the inventory system at all, um, and and the menu system. I think I think it works pretty well for what it does. So we're getting close to the end of the episode, Dave. And uh, before we head out. Everybody's wondering how buggy is the game? That's one of the big questions. That was one of my biggest mm. concerns. Uh, mm. Early reports have said that it's the least buggy Bethesda launch ever. Um, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I have played Let me do a little history. I have played Fallout 3 when the pit release. If you remember the release of the pit, (laughs) Uh the first day it released and the entrance to it was a giant yellow exclamation point in the game (laughs) that nobody could get past. Asset missing. Asset missing. Yes. Um, I I have played from from then on out. So you can imagine the giant mutated power armor poses that um, people had in Fallout 76. I have run into absolutely zero bugs um in this game no weirdness really whatsoever the only weirdness i had was i went (laughs) i landed on the settlement i went to a bar to talk to some guy about some information and then i go to exit the bar and i see down the hallway this guy just like sprinting at me all the way he's just like sprinting as hard as he can i'm like is this guy gonna attack me like i feel like that this guy's gonna tackle me or something and he walks up to me and he was like Hey, just know that the uh, the the trade like the trade thing is right outside your ship. So if you need any items set off, you can just trade them there. <laughs> so you you circumvented that off. guy when you got off the ship, and he would like hunt right. you down. <laughs> just like, <laughs> that's great. Ran and then he ran off. And I started following him, and he's like jumping around. Like I gotta get back to the ship, but he's not taking like the pathways. He's like jumping over rails, like trying to parkour over everything. <laughs> that's and great. He's doing a good job. <laughs> like it's not like he's getting stuck on anything. He's just like full sprint, full tilt, doing stuff. But like as like is that a bug or it, it, you know that's not really a bug if he's doing the right thing. He's just like wait i forgot to tell you something but just really <laughs> this is very important 
<laughs> right. You can't wait. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I, I saw that guy I, I immediately. I love a silly bug like that, though. That's, that's yeah. perfect because I'm like, why the hell is this guy running at full force? Right. That's at great. Just like, ah! Yeah, it but feels like, like the courier when the courier sees you and like bolts his way over to you in like Skyrim. Right. Right. So I'm on an Xbox Series X, um, excuse me, Series S. Um, How's performance on that? I'm sure a lot of people are curious because a lot of people have Xbox Series S. Performance is, is 100% fine. Frankly, this is one of the few games that I've played. I'm a big, like, I, I went at 60 FPS. I went performance over graphics upscaling. I don't really notice 30, like, 30 FPS being a big, like, deal breaker for me. Yeah. And normally if it's that steady, is. That's the thing. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's steady. the it's unsteadiness. The time. Yeah, that's the problem is when when the when it fluctuates, that's when you feel it. If it just sits at 30 or 60, you're good. Like it just feels fine. Everywhere loads relatively well. Like it, it I can't imagine what it's like without an S- SSD. But I mean, you know, there is a little bit of load time, but I think that's the same for pretty much everything like yeah. you know and we're talking about load times in the modern day are like you know five seconds ten seconds something like that like <laughs> right. n- not not like when you used to change areas in oblivion you'd sit there for a good like two or three minutes oh my god on the area to load um but but my performance on, on series series s has been great um well my performance the series s performance on the game has been great but no like major glitches no the game is stopping like i gotta crash like how many times have any bethesda fallout 4 will crash all the time i'll be in downtown boston yeah like on mm-hmm. super modern hardware and it's just like it'll crash it i haven't had anything like that in like the super crowded areas of neon i'm in um, new atlantis or anything like that yeah so i've been playing on pc and i've got a pretty beefy pc like a 1270 700k 12700k cpu uh, and then I upgraded to a 4090 graphics card, like, I don't know, six months ago, uh, mm-hmm. forked out the money for it. Cause I, I use this PC for everything and it actually even helps rendering, uh, videos and things like that faster. Um, and so pretty beefy PC on an ultra wide screen. So not quite 4k and I can run it everything maxed out, like absolutely maxed out. And I'm hitting like 90, hundred frames per second pretty standard uh, until I go into nice. a city and then it dips to like 50 40 something at the lowest I've seen mm-hmm. um, but that's having everything maxed out and this is one of those games that's going to last us a decade so who knows what you know the next series of hardware is going to be able to run it as and and the other thing is I, I've noticed in tweaking some of the settings that like many Bethesda games this game is actually more CPU bound than most video games so mm-hmm. even if i reduce say like the shadow quality or the shaders and that stuff i don't get that many extra frames per second it really has to do with um the fact that like you're in a city and there are dozens of npcs walking around and there's lots right, of garbage so a lot of information place. to kind of like dig through and yeah so it's very split. cpu specific but it's on an ssd and it loads very quickly and all of that so i haven't had any issues with that from like a platform perspective and the graphics look great uh with everything turned up i've no issues at all the only the only things i've come across the only bugs i've come across the most uh well the most expected bug is sometimes in and this happens with every game the physics glitches out a little bit but not in the like you bumped the table and now everything on the table slides a little bit kind of thing that like fallout will do i haven't seen any of that but i did fight some uh i think it was when i was fighting the crimson raiders and i blew up one of their backpacks in a very small room like their little boost packs and they just launched like into the ceiling but couldn't go any further because they were in a small room and then they just kind of like spazzed out and then went like through like the equivalents of like the side of a I don't know, like a desk, almost like a, a cubicle wall. And yes. then the guy was like hanging halfway through the cubicle wall, like in a very relaxed pose, basically like, hey, good to see you, buddy. <laughs> and I was like, that's awesome. That's just space magic. That's yeah, it's just space magic. I mean, that's just, you know, uh, too much physics information in an area where you can't do anything with it. Right. That's normal for most games. Uh, the only other glitch I actually got that was a legitimate glitch was a menu glitch. And it was because I was in one of the sections where they're like, hey, hit the tab button to go here. Now hit this menu item to do this and then do this thing. And somehow I didn't notice and I did something else to get to the same result. So I bypassed the need to do that. And then from that point on for like the next five or 10 minutes, the notification wouldn't go away at the top. Even when I hit the button, it was saying to hit Mm -hmm. and I tried reloading and it was still there. And so I just loaded back to before that showed up just like 
five minutes back in the past and then i just went in the order that it was asking me to go in and the menu cleared up so it wasn't a there huge issue and i would just, I i'm assuming having less bugs than you are with with any of this i haven't noticed and i'm like yeah you know as i talked about i'm unloading the belt of various <laughs> yes. items into my ship like here's 50 items i'm throwing onto the ground and my ship is still fine and everybody's walking around the adoring fans are like i love you and so that's great yeah and i'd imagine that like once i got to another thing that replaced whatever was supposed to be at the top of the screen in that menu with something else it probably would have cleaned itself up anyway i just didn't probably. go far yeah. enough to do that so uh and if that's the only bug that i found in f the first five hours of the game that's amazing well, i don't think yeah. we've played a bethesda game without any weird bug in five hours ever as far as like stability this is the best bethesda game that they have like the best stability they've released at launch like by far yeah. Yeah. So to wrap it up, uh, to go back to a little bit of the lore aspect, I'm very excited to see where else things go. The main storyline seems to have some very interesting connections to these artifacts. Uh, the, the I really get the sense that they're treading the line between uh, religion and, you know, atheist agnosticism and trying to understand is there like a guiding hand in the in the universe or is there not what does that actually mean so they're exploring some of those mysteries and I have a feeling they're going to firmly plant us in a place where they they show you more but they don't actually answer the question so you like like a good movie where you leave with more questions than you came in with and mm -hmm. so you're like oh it totally supports my views but then somebody else can be like no it totally supports my views even though you have different views um so i feel like that's working really well and then even these side quests there's so many little side quests that pop up even just walking around the city that th the world just feels full of life and stories and of characters and events and we haven't even scratched the surface of it yet so i have a feeling we're going to have plenty of things to cover in the future on this show yeah what's one thing that you're looking forward to uh, it doesn't have to be anything just you know. I love uh, so so far I've been finding some really cool gear even just going through some of the quest lines like I found my first three star item like you mm -hmm. have like general items then like one star two star three star and they kind of you know the color spectrum from like blue up through orange or whatever um, and I, I'm super hyped about like finding really cool gear really like I'm sure there's going to be some unique things out there somewhere I haven't seen mm -hmm. anything like that yet but I, I bet that's a thing um, I just every time I get more g goodies, you know, and I'm like, oh, let's equip this. Let's see what this gun does. Let's like that stuff's great. So looking forward yeah. to more of that. What about you? Uh, House of Arun. I'm like into that. I am. I'm excited. The I'm excited waiting for that to happen. Mm -hmm. um, everything that I have seen lore wise from that and like peering over their armor, like I've the, some of their armor is in the museum and I'm like looking at it. I'm a big Dune fan. And so this feels the most like that inspiration in there. And so I'm just, I'm so into it. I'm ready for it. Awesome. My body is ready. My body is ready serpent. for the serpent. <laughs> that sounds like a terrible pickup line. Um, uh, well, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for making this podcast a success. And as we mentioned before, if you'd like to support us and join us at the end of the month to chat about your experiences in Starfield, the Patreon is available, patreon.com slash Starfield And we will be back next week with another episode and a special guest. So there's lots to do with that coming up. Dave, I know you've got other stuff to share before we head out. Yeah, uh, Rad Rolls has started their, um, my, excuse me, uh, Starfield limited series campaign where we are a bunch of prisoners of the Free Star Collective exploring a ghost ship. What has happened on this ghost ship? How are we going to recover it? And all of that stuff between a bunch of uh, really, really broken, terrible people. Uh, that are the characters that we play. Um, that's Rad Rolls on all podcast services. It's a tabletop role-playing game podcast that we do actual play on. Um, so check it out. If you like Starfield, if you like listening to that actual play TTRPG stuff, we've got a lot of great episodes revolving around Starfield all through September into October. So um, give it a shot. Give it a listen. Give it a nice review. While you're there, rate some Starfield Lorecast stuff. Enjoy. Enjoy all sorts of fun Starfield things. And if you're into other Bethesda games like Fallout and Elder Scrolls, I do Lorecasts about those as well. You can look everything up that I do and a bunch of other creators do at robotsradio.net. And that's going to do it for this episode. We would love to hear also your perspectives on the game. Even if you don't join us on the Patreon, come join us on the Robots Radio Discord server. There is a channel for every show on the network, including the Starfield Lorecast. And you can share pictures of your characters and stories about cool 
cool things that happened and all of that stuff. We would love for you to be part of the community. Dave, I think we're at like over like 4,000 people now on the Discord. It's ridiculous. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. So thanks everybody for being here. Chat, thank you for joining us live and we will see you again next week. Stay safe out there in that crazy galaxy. We'll see you next time. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.